0: Hey everybody! How are y'all doing tonight? Woo! Zesty crowd tonight. Hey, it's good to see all of you tonight. Um, my name is Jonathan. I'm the uh, campus minister here with Reformed University Fellowship. Uh, that basically just means I'm a college pastor. Um, nothing more. Certainly nothing more. Maybe less, but nothing more than that. Um, I hope you all are doing really well. I hope you're having a great week, that it's been a good, uh, a good week for you academically. I know that all of you are feeling the weight of uh, just a lot of homework, a lot of stress and all that. So um, just know that I'm praying for you all. Uh, whether or not you're coming from a place of you believe that prayer does anything or not, um, you know, as a pastor, as a Christian, I think it does. And so I'm praying for you. I, I hope the best for you. Uh, so what is large group? Large group is the, uh, one of the many ways that we as RUF try to bless and minister and care for our campus. Uh, we do this where we come together and we sing. Uh, we have very—we uh, don't expect you to know the songs, but we would, you know, just think about it. These are some pretty powerful words that we're saying. Um, but we also look at a piece of the Bible and uh, we see, does it have anything to say about our lives? And if so, what and how? Uh, And so we've been looking through the book of Romans the last few weeks this semester, which is a book written a long, long time ago, uh, thousands and thousands of years ago, uh, and trying to figure out, does it apply to life in a pandemic? And we're seeing, I think so far that it does, and we're gonna continue that study tonight. Um, If you have questions about what I'm saying tonight and you're confused by it, shoot me a text. uh, My phone number is on that sheet of paper. And uh, we will dialogue about those questions afterward. Uh, And really, anything's on limits. You can say, I don't believe in God, and um, I think you're wrong, and we can talk about that. Or if you have a question about the text, um, we can deal with that too. So um, yeah, and if you've enjoyed Large Group, if it's been fun, uh, if if you've gotten some from it, I encourage you to bring a friend, because uh, New Mexico State needs friends and needs community right now, and so um, invite a friend if you have one. Um, So anyways, I'm going to dig in with this text And then we'll look at what it has to say So we're reading from the book of Romans We're reading uh, Romans chapter 5 1 through 11 And this is God's word Therefore, since we have been justified by faith We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Through him we have also obtained access By faith into this grace in which we stand And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is God's word. Let me pray real quick. Lord in heaven, thank you that we can be here tonight, that we can sing and that we can study your word. We pray that your spirit would enlighten the eyes of our mind and our hearts and that you would pour your love out to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I know that this is kind of heresy to most of all of you engineers and engineers, math people, but I do not like math. I'm not a math person. I know, boo, boo, get off the stage. Um, I know many of you are, and I'm really happy that you love math. Um, You know, and and I think, I wondered, I was like, why do I not like math? I think that one of the reasons I don't like math is I've never been quite sure of the purpose of it, like, especially the hard math, you know what I mean? Like, the the really hard math. Um, I know that there's purposes down the line in physics and accounting and chemistry, But for me, whenever I was doing math, like college algebra, I was like, why do I need to know this? This has not much application in my life. I never had a purpose. I was a humanities major. And so, uh, math really didn't affect my life. And I remember there were times when I was studying the quadratic equation and I was thinking, why does this matter? Why does this matter? And I think sometimes that's how you and I can think about Christian faith, especially Christian theology. When we study theology, we start to think, why does this matter? Does this have anything to do tomorrow morning, Friday morning, or Monday morning when I get out of bed and this thing happens in my world? Why does this theology thing matter? And I've seen a bunch of people who grew up in the Christian faith, who grew up going to church, who grew up uh, reading the Bible, and then when they get to college or they get to um, adulthood, they they bounce, and they're like, I'm out because they never quite understood how and why theology matters in their real life. How does it apply? And maybe some of you are there tonight. Maybe you're here and you're just like, I don't know why I'm here, and I definitely don't understand why theology, the Bible, matters. We often think, how does theology, the doctrines of the Christian faith, affect our daily lives? And then all the more, when life gets hard, When something happens in our lives that's really painful, when we suffer, all the more we wonder, what in the world is up with this? How does this theology thing about God apply to my life? And tonight we're going to look at how this doctrine, this theology of justification applies and matters to our lives. And we're going to see this, that justification by faith alone gives us the joy and the hope when life gets hard. Justification by faith alone gives us joy and hope when life is hard. And we're going to look at this in three ways. Three ways. First, we're going to review what justification is. Second, we're going to see what the benefits are. And third, when the rubber meets the road, why it matters. So, what is it? Why? It, what are the benefits of it? And when the rubber meets the road, why does it matter? So. First, let's look at a review of what it is. Um, some of you, this idea of justification by faith. You've been with us the last few weeks, and you're like, why are we doing this? But some of you are here for the first time, or maybe you're new to this. And, um, and so we need to look back at us. And so look at verse 1. Look at what Paul says. He says, Since, therefore, we have been justified by faith. Justified by faith. And behind this is the idea, that is the theology that all human beings... All human beings, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, your race, your ethnicity, your gender, everyone, apart from God's work in us, is dead in their sin, is dead in our sin and is spiritually hostile to God. The Bible describes us as sinners, which means that we are spiritually dead, we're rebellious, sort of rebels, insurrectionists against God, and as a result, that we deserve God's wrath. And that's true for every single person. So a quick self-assessment. Have you ever lied in your life? Ever? Have you ever used God's name in vain? Have you ever looked at another person or used another person for what you could get from them? And I think if we're honest, we would say, yeah, I have. I have done that. I've done that probably more than once. And to you, Paul would look you in the eye, but the Bible would look you in the eye and say, then you're a sinner. You're a sinner, and by that, you deserve God's wrath. And here's where the good news is. This is where the justification part k- clicks in. Is It says that Jesus takes the wrath of God onto himself and gives us his perfect righteousness. Look again at verses 8 and 10. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have been justified by his blood... By his blood, that's what we just sang about earlier. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It says we have been while we were still sinners, Christ dies for us, and his blood cleanses us from his sin when we trust and receive his blood on our behalf. And what's so important, what's so amazing here is that we do nothing to earn this. All we do is trust in what Jesus has done, it's a free gift. His righteousness, His justification is a free gift that we do nothing to deserve except trust. And even then, God gives us the ability to trust in Him. Justification is God's righteous declaration that we are free from the penalty of sin and that He gives us His perfect love all because of Jesus. And that we receive that by trusting in what Jesus has done for us. Not by our own works or effort or earning it, but just in what Jesus has done, which means that we can be righteous and accepted and cherished before God forever and always, not by what we do, not by what our effort, but by trusting Jesus. Now, if that's something new to you, you've never heard that, this is foreign to you, shoot a text, maybe we can. Uh, I'll try to answer it, or you, we can um, hang out, we can talk about it more. But that's the theology here. That's the theology. Uh, Now, that's amazing stuff, and it changes everything. But like math, I think we can often wonder, like, how does this matter tomorrow? How does this matter tomorrow? And that's what I want to look at. Part two, the benefits of justification. The benefits of justification. Look back at verse one, where Paul says, since there we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first benefit. We're going to look at three. Peace with God. Notice what it does not say. It does not say we have peace of God. It does not say we have the peace of God. It says we have peace with God. And that little of, that's important because it it means that we have peace with God because it means that, remember what the sin problem is. The sin problem says that we are hostile towards God, that there's animosity between us. It means that we read earlier that we are enemies of God's apart from Him doing something in us. That before we are justified by His grace, remember, we are enemies of God. Verse 10 tells us that we were enemies that we, that we did not deserve and all that we could expect from God. All that we could expect from Him was His wrath and eternal hell. Ephesians 2 gives us even more. It says that we are dead in our sin, that we are even allied with demonic forces, that we are slaves to our most wretched desires, and because of all of that we deserve God's wrath. But, and here's where the good news of the gospel comes in. It says that God gives us peace with God. He freely gives us peace with God. Justification by faith, we have peace with God. That's the cessation of hostilities between you and God through justification. Now, why does this matter? Why does this matter tomorrow morning? I need to tell a story. So y'all know, many of you know that I'm married to uh, the most amazing woman that I've ever met, my wife Caroline. I love her uh, dearly. We have an awesome, like, we have an awesome marriage. Uh, We don't fight much, um, but every once in a while we'll get in a fight because we're humans, right? And a couple of weeks ago, we got into a fight about something really silly, like how to load the dishwasher or something strange like that. And so we got into this big fight and it spiraled into this long argument and we were going at it. And finally, after a long time of fighting, I had to be like, Caroline, I've got to go to campus. I've got to do some, you know, I've got to hang out with students. We'll figure this out later. And so I left. And when I left, I was mad at her and I was mad at myself. And there was not peace in our marriage. And so when I got to campus, kind of the whole day of spending time with students was affected and tainted by this fight that I was in with my wife. And uh, so I'm meeting with students, and I was mad. I was mad at the drivers who I was driving around. I was mad at the person who made my coffee, even though they did a great job making my coffee. I kind of was just miffed at everything. I was feeling argumentative. And there was no peace anywhere in my day, right? Why? Why was that? Because the most important human relationship in my life did not have peace. There was not peace between me and my wife. That there was no peace, and, and, and when there was not peace in that relationship, there wasn't peace in any of my relationships. You've probably experienced the same thing with friends or family that when you, you, when you don't have peace in one very important relationship, it's, it's almost impossible to have peace in other relationships. You know, you'll snap at your roommate and you're like, I'm sorry, my mom and I are in a fight, my friend and I are in a fight, and I don't mean to be mad at you. So then I get home and Caroline and I have a long chat and we were able to resolve our conflict and suddenly I felt so much peace with my daughter, with my friends. Why? Because be, there was peace in the most important relationship in my life and so there could be peace in other relationships. That is true of the most important relationship that we can have. Our relationship with our creator, God. God. That when there is peace with your relationship with God, there's peace with God, then all of a sudden peace becomes a much more viable and a much more attainable goal in all of our other relationships. God is the most important relationship in your life. Whether or not you realize that or not, it's true. And when you are justified by faith in God, you have peace with God. You have peace with God not based on what you do, but based on what He has done. And that means that you can begin to have peace with other people around you. When you're justified by God, you can begin to experience real peace in your life with your friends, with your parents, and you can begin to experience peace with yourself, even peace with yourself. Here's an application for that. September is Mental Health Awareness Month, and right now our state has the highest suicide rate in the entire country, New Mexico. It's really bad. And there are a ton of causes and a ton of different factors that go into suicide, and I'm not a clinical counselor, and I can't speak to all of that right now, but I can say this, that I've been suicidal in my life. In college, there were dark moments, and I can tell you more about that if you're interested. Recovering from that took a lot of work. It took a lot of mental health, it took a lot of friends, a lot of counseling, but a big part of recovering from that for me meant leaning into and wrestling with my peace with God. And as I began to understand that I have peace with God, not based on what I do, but based on what Jesus has done for me, I began to experience peace with myself in a way that my depression began to go away. And I was eased of that. A big part of recovering from mental health illness like depression and things like that is growing in your love and understanding of what peace with God is. And that's through the free gift of justification by faith alone. That's a huge application for the lives of New Mexican college students right now in 2020. Peace with God through justification can and will help in mental health illness. Now, if you have questions about that, um, I really encourage you to come talk to me, talk to Deborah. Um, this is a way bigger topic than anything that I can talk about in 20 minutes. Um, and I'd love to you know, listen to where you're at and um, maybe we can find resources. So second thing, second thing that the benefits of justification is access to grace. Access to grace. Look at again at verse 2. Through him, that is through Christ, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. What does this mean? It means that the, it, we have to go to the word access. The word access here in the original gray, uh, Greek, it means a close or personal relationship with someone. How many of you had an awesome roommate who just says, hey, what's mine is yours? You want something in my house, just go ahead and take it. It's, it's, you know you want milk, take it. You want some eggs, take them, it's yours. You have that intimacy and that friendship and that relationship that's so tight. When I was in college, I really struggled my freshman year. I was dreadfully lonely. I lived in the middle of New York City, and there was a group of juniors that lived down the hall, and they said, hey, Jonathan, if you're ever lonely, if you ever need anything, our door's open. Just come on in, you got access. Come get some food, come hang out, come watch a movie. What's ours, is, what's, what's ours is yours. And it was so awesome because there was this warmth and this kindness and this relationship in that access. Access to this free gift of, of friendship and relationship with these guys. God's grace is that same thing. God gives us access, even now because of our justification, access to God's kindness, to relational warmth with God. We have access to the grace of God. Grace is God's disposition of love and kindness and tenderness to you. That means that because of the work of Jesus to justify us, we have access right now in this very moment in 2020 on a grassy field in New Mexico to to God's love and well-being and kindness towards us. Now, why does that matter? Because it means that in your Christian life right now, today, there is real potential for warmth and relationship and intimacy with God as you meditate on, as you, as, you, as you feed upon, as you nurture yourself upon justification by faith alone. It means that in your daily Christian life, it can be marked with feelings and experiences of closeness with God. And that the Holy Spirit, what is verse 5 says, it pours out God's love into your heart. Just yesterday, I was talking with a student. We were talking about reading her Bible. And she was talking about, man, it's hard to read my Bible. The last thing I want to do after I've been studying all day is read my Bible. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It's, it feels like another thing to do. It feels like another a list of reading to do again. How many of y'all struggle with that? You're like, man, I don't want to read my Bible. It sounds just like another thing I have to do. I know it's true for me. Access to grace means that God will pour out His love and kindness in your life through reading your Bible, through prayer, through, through quattros and small groups that we're doing in RUF, through Christian fellowship, through church, through the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist. That all of these things are God's tidal wave of showing you and telling you how much He loves you and so that you experience it, not just something that you know and you say, yes, I can intellectually assent to God's love for me, but you actually experience intimacy and fellowship with the living God of the Bible who loves you so much that he would die for you. That's, that's, what, that's one of the ways that tomorrow you begin to experience and feel the warmth of God's love towards you. And all of this is through justification by faith. As we reflect and think about Jesus' free gift of our salvation, our hearts are warmed to a spiritual life. And what this means is that you don't have to earn experiences of closeness with God. You don't have to say, God, I read my Bible seven times this week, and so now you deserve, I, I'm deserved closeness with you. It means that God lavishes closeness and intimacy and warmth on you because He adores you as His daughter or His son. Lastly, we have the hope of glory. The hope of glory. So first, peace with God. Second, access into his grace. And third, the hope of glory. Verse 2, through him we have obtained access by grace into this faith which we now stand. And we rejoice in hope of glory. What does this mean? It means that because of our justification, you can experience great hope of nothing less than the full life of, God, of with God. And with all of his people. Nothing less than life with God and all his people. Sorry. Now my notes get all mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Riga. pandemic am i right <laughs> all right so the hope of glory what does this mean? it means that christian hope is a certain hope i know that many times we think of the word hope in our lives today and we think of it as just like an aspiration or something that we would, would be nice like man i hope pandemic would go away so i don't have to blow my notes all over the court all over an msu i hope that i hope it happens no christian hope is certain hope Christian hope is a a, a confidence, a conviction of what I am confident will happen because of what God has done. Christian hope is certainty of God's love and acceptance of us and that we will taste and experience that fully in glory with Him. Now, why does that matter? Why does that matter? Because it means that the benefits of God's justification or something that has happened. We have peace with God. That happened. It means that we have access presently now in the present. And it means that we have the future hope of glory. That means that no matter where you are in your relationship with God, it means that the whole timeline is soaked with his love for you. And all because of justification by faith. We have peace with God, access of grace, and hope of glory. And these give us the resources when life gets hard. Now, third point, when the rubber meets the road, suffering, hardship. Let's look again at chapter, at verse 5 here. What does it say here? It says in verse 3, he says, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out, into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What does this mean? Well, it means that sometimes I wonder, is it a Christian faith? I'm a pastor and I still wonder, is the Christian faith just sentimental longings? Is it just idealistic posturing? Man, I wish this was true sometimes, especially when life gets hard. When stuff happens, when parents are fighting or when there's loneliness of singleness or when there's someone that dies or when there's a pandemic or when we are when we encounter struggling to pay for tuition, the struggles of being a person in 2020. Where does this rubber meet the road? Paul tells us that justification by faith and the three benefits from us, when life gets hard, when we suffer, that even then we can have rejoice. He says, moreover, I rejoice... In our sufferings. How? Well, he tells us that suffering produces endurance. What he means is that when we suffer, it forces us It forces us to dig in and to wrestle with God and what it means that he loves us. What it means that when he says, I love you not based on what you do, but based on what I've done for you and in you. That that produces endurance and it makes us wrestle with the things that matter. His love. It makes us persevere in prayer, in church, in community. And that, and that endurance, that produces character. Character here is a kind of person who has seen hard things and has come out stronger for it. Christian character is a Christian who has experienced hardship and, heart, and heartbreak and has learned to rely on God's power and grace. What does he say here? When we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. And that character produces hope. And remember, this is not an aspiration. Man, I hope Jesus loves me. It's a certain conviction that God loves me. And you know what the proof is? A man died a bloody death on the cross for me. And when we are women and men who are soaked in that scripture and in that prayer and that hope, we are certain of God's goodness and his plan, the hope of heaven. Now notice that all of these things, all of these things are fueled by God's love for us. This is so cool, Oh, Look at this. Look at verse 5. It says that all of this is God's love. Been, all of this has been poured, of God's love having been poured into our hearts. And then in verse 8, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. God's love is our justification. God's love is our justification. It gives you, that means justification by faith alone gives you the resources tomorrow When life is hard to endure, to become a man or a woman of character and to hope, and that gives us joy. Isn't that amazing that it gives us joy? Joy is the emotion of someone who understands that God is at work and that understands that God loves them. Joy is the emotion of someone who understands their justification. And if you want to experience joy and peace and hope in your life, then become a person who marinates your heart in justification. So if justification by faith supplies us with the joy and the hope of our real lives, it means that we need to be people who understand and sink the roots of our hearts into justification by faith. It means that the extent to which you understand this doctrine is the extent to which you experience God's love and peace and joy in your life. Or if you want to experience God's love, think about grow in justification. How do we do that? Well, it's the same way that we do anything, That's, that we grow in anything. If you have a really hard class, how do you do well in the class? You study for it. You get together with classmates and you say, man, this class is really hard. I'm gonna, We're going to need to make a study group. You meet with somebody who understands it really well, like a professor. You go to class. You go to lectures. You get tutoring. You study the material on your own. You throw yourself, you immerse yourself, you immerse yourself into the topic. That's how we get to understand Justification. We use all the tools that God has given us to know it more. What does that mean? The same is true of our justification, that the Holy Spirit uses the tools of studying the Bible, of prayer, of going to church on Sunday, of community, of quattros, of good friendships to remind us of how much God loves us and how that applies to our lives. Here's a test. Do you read your Bible because you feel like you have to or because you want to know God's love? And if it's because you feel like you have to, then, like me, you don't understand your justification in Jesus yet. And that's okay. But join me in studying it so that Bible reading doesn't become something I have to do, but it's something I get to do, to know how much, to experience the warmth of God's love. To feast our souls on God's love, it's something that we get to do two ways to do that. One, church. Why do we go to church? Because we have to? Because we have to tell our grandmother at Thanksgiving, yeah, I went to church grandma. No. We go to church because we're the community who is learning to experience God's love poured into our hearts from other Christians. Church might be the number one way that you can experience and know justification. It means that every week that you need to find a church that every week is preaching Christ and Him crucified for you. It means that also you need to have faithful friends. After suffering and busyness, they get in the way and they cloud my thinking. And I need faithful friends who will focus me back on what Jesus has done and why it matters to me. Do you have those friendships? Do you have friendships that when life is hard, when the crush of school feels too much, they will point you back to God's love? A Christian friend is someone who doesn't tell you what you need to do, but who tells you what God has done for you. Do you have that? We love for RUF to be a place where that can happen for you. So what does this passage tell us? It tells us that justification by faith, yes, it's big theology, but it has real meaning in the lives of you and I lead because it tells us that we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. It tells us we have access to the grace in which we now stand. It tells us we have the hope of glory and that when we suffer, those things become all the more meaningful. I hope that you'll join me in trying to soak, like I said, the roots of your heart into that. And that is true for all of us. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. We pray that we, your spirit would use it to make us more like Jesus, that we would experience his love and his goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.